Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. because it allows that much more pomp and circumstance around the celebration for either side. And those neutrals that were here tonight, perhaps leaning one way or another, they're now so happy for Portland heading into this one. I'm just uh, absolutely thrilled that everybody 
watching was treated to the final that we just witnessed. I think it's a very special evening to be participating in this. We've been talking to everybody, it feels like, throughout the buildup to this championship final, and whether it's been coaches or staff or players or fans, supporters, yeah. the magnitude of this event has not gone unnoticed. A primetime Saturday night slot on CBS providing the stage for this epic ending for Portland Thorns. And, and the fans showed up. The fans showed up. I mean, Audi Field was rocking tonight um, from the opening warm-ups until the very final whistle through the trophy ceremony. The, the fans were here. This was one of the biggest showings in NWSL history. It started earlier in the day at the Fan Fest. I mean, the scenes from that event were tremendous. Um, so many players here. I, I believe NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman noted 60 athletes that were not competing in this championship tonight from the NWSL were here to join in the festivities, to, to watch this game, to be here, to be honored. The OGs honored before this match. Um, and now they, they get to celebrate and watch Portland lift that trophy high for the third time in club history. You know, I, I'm looking at the crowd here and it's dissipated just a little bit, but in the build-up to this, uh, the attendance was uh, hovering around 20,000. That in itself, I think, is something that should also be celebrated alongside the champions tonight. I believe it's only the second time in NWSL championship history where there has been a 20K mark for attendance at a championship wow. final. I believe the last time was in Portland. Unfortunately, the Thorns losing that 2018 final against North Carolina Courage, but uh, sort of back on top. It's been a little while. It sort of feels, when you say it out loud, 2018, it just feels so long ago. And watching Christine Sinclair lift that trophy, you could just sort of feel the energy. Now, let's talk a little bit about her performance, maybe, in the match, because when we were doing our preview show, we talked a lot about what we might see in the starting 11s, how both teams would start out this match. And we saw from the semifinal coming into this championship final, Christine Sinclair made her way back into this starting 11. She did. She came off the bench uh, late in the semifinal match. And tonight, Rian Wilkinson gave Sinclair the nod at start. I, I liked that switch up. Hina Subida was the player rotated out for Sinclair as Sinclair got the start. And I, I think it's it speaks to the magnitude of this event. Because you look at a player like Sinclair who played in the very first NWSL final championship in 2013 and and this is a player that not only has the pedigree in her name and in her veteran ability throughout this league but her skill is is tremendous because in the midfield Sinclair dominated throughout this match I mean the way that the game just opened up for Portland because of a player like Sinclair able to move the ball around draw defenders in she pressed up high on the counter attack and that's where Portland really really got Kansas City stuck in the mud is because they were pressed up so high and it's thanks to a player like Christine Sinclair seeing her stand on the stage and lift that trophy at the very end of it all, it, it gave me goosebumps because this is a player that is the best in the world, right? She has leads the world in international goals scored, and now she gets to celebrate on this type of stage after the career that she's had, after the last several years that Portland has had, because this is the first time they're in the final since 2018, and they get to lift it, and, and Sinclair is a huge part of this win.
Well, it's not just veteran leadership, right, that we saw standing out on this pitch tonight. You're talking about that middle third, and we need to focus there, I think, for a little bit in terms of that's where the game was won and lost. It was. A little bit. Let's talk about maybe the other side of the spectrum first versus experienced leadership, right, veteran leadership. You've got rookies stepping up big in big-time moments. Let's talk a little bit about Sam Coffey and what she provided for this Portland Thorns team in that middle third. Sam Coffey is a huge player for Rian Wilkinson. All year, she has been such a standout for this Portland side. We've seen her break her way into the U.S. Women's National Team and get minutes there, significant minutes. And after this win tonight on this type of stage for a player like Coffey, expect many more minutes at the international stage for this type of player because what we saw from Coffey was nothing like we've seen from rookie play before and a, a lot of times players can get to this giant stage that they're playing on in the NWSL championship and falter just a little bit under the pressure and not sure how to control their emotions and understand the game and for a player like Coffee, uh, it was seamless it was really really beautiful to watch the way that Coffee's game from the regular season easily transitioned into this one and the consistency was there which sometimes we can see not be there in such a big game like this, but her, her movement off the ball defensively to break up anything that Kansas was trying to do in the quick transition, and then offensively Coffee with the ball, one-two touches. She's their pivot player in the midfield. She switches the point of attack. She dictates the play, and that's exactly what she did tonight throughout this match. I mean, she was one of my contenders for MVP of this game <laughs> heading into the end of it. I mean, well-deserved to give it to Sophia Smith, but from Coffee, I loved what we saw from her. In, when you look at this Portland side and you look at the midfield with Sinclair and with Coffee in there and then how they were able to play with some of their wingers, someone like Yasmin Ryan had a huge outstanding game tonight from Ryan. I liked head coach Wilkinson's commitment to this player, quite frankly. We really saw Yasmin Ryan during the second half of that regular season for the Portland Thorns really bring it on in terms of her on-field performances for this team in the absence of so many international superstars, right? Whether it was somebody like a Christine Sinclair, a Sophia Smith, uh, off on U.S. Women's National Team duty, they had Yasmin Ryan inserted into these starting 11s during that second half of the season and quite frankly provided some new and maybe perhaps now we can call them champagne problems a little bit. Forced the coaching staff into some decision making saying, hey, I'm performing so well, I'm going to force this issue. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be so hard for you to make starting 11s without me in it. And we heard Wilkinson say that the hardest part of her job has been formulating her starting 11s. And I think she absolutely got it right tonight by having somebody like Ryan outstanding wing play for her, uh, looking at all of the areas and pockets of space that she was uh, looking to exploit, constantly making herself a target uh, in, an open, in an open area for the extra pass or the extra outlet. Uh, I loved it. Uh, to, to see it, and I think we saw it really in that opening goal against oh Smith. Gosh, How yeah. though that front line can sort of stretch things out very, very quickly on this one. You looked at the starting lineup for Portland. We we talked about Christine Sinclair being rotated in, but the the power subs that head coach Rian Wilkinson for Portland brought on late in this match. We saw the players warming up. It, it was incredible athletes like Janine Becky, Hina oh Sugita, Crystal Dunn rotating into this match and it, they weren't game changers in the sense that they needed to come back from behind and get a goal. At this point Portland was up. They were winning. Yeah. They had controlled a lot of this game and you bring in some powerhouse players yeah. like Dunn 
and Sugita and, and Becky. When those players came on, were you expecting like, okay, this is it. This is this is Lisa. a message from Rian Wilkinson right now that this game is not done. They want more goals. Lisa, it was a little mix of both. I said, okay, they want more goals, and I also said that's a wrap. I said you're, you're bringing in players in here who, quite frankly, could be starting players on right. other teams across the NWSL. We talk so often about these fine margins between games and how much thinner they get when you get to the biggest game on the biggest stage. And you look at perhaps the, the stat lines and the statistical areas as we were watching this game with about a half hour remaining. The duels won battle between these two teams. Portland Thorns, I believe, had 51 duels won compared to uh, 54 duels won yeah, compared I think it was to 35 to, yeah, 31. By Kansas City, you could just sort of say you're bullying the match at that point. You are absolutely, you, they were already in control, and then these substitutions come into the game. You're absolutely coming into lock up a game. A player like Sugita, who we've right. seen live and in action, this was not our first time seeing what she can do on a pitch, but a player like that can just keep the ball from you. And when you are chasing a game as the opposition on the biggest stage at the end of a season, you're probably already frustrated being done. And the fact that you have a player that can come out here and retain this ball and make it even harder for you to try to create and generate offense, incredibly tough night. Incredibly tough night for, for Kansas City. I mean, yeah, Sugito's that player that did step on and just control so much more of the game. You just touched on Kansas City. This was a, a team that had made their way to this championship by winning a quarterfinal match in regulation, by winning a semifinal match over Shield winners O.L. Reign with a shutout, a 2-0 shutout in that match to enter into this game against Portland. And I didn't see Kansas City perform the way that they had consistently been performing over the last several weeks. Just two losses in Kansas City's last 19 games heading into tonight. And now as they, they played against this Portland side, um, in just their second season, making it to the NWSL championship, Portland looked entirely comfortable stepping onto the pitch. And I, I, I think that the stage was a little too big for Kansas City. You know, I don't think that's an unfair statement or comment to make or perspective to have. This, Listen, we, we've heard Jessica Berman, Commissioner Jessica Berman speaking about this. Uh, all week, quite frankly, leading up to this game, how uh, she heard a phrase that said that it's this is the toughest league to finish in second place, and I don't think that's any truer than mm -hmm. the game that we saw tonight. If, uh, quite frankly, you have a Kansas City current team just in their second year of existence, and they made it to this stage, perhaps overachieving a little bit and getting here in a timeline of development in which maybe they didn't anticipate. But the journey in which they got here, I don't think, was fluky by any means. Uh, you could absolutely see the buy-in by players and to the coaching staff and amongst each other in terms of making the performances that they were producing out on the pitch. And when you get here, this is not unfamiliar territory. We, we often see someone goes home a winner, someone goes home a loser. And despite the excellent regular season performances that a team can put in over the course of the year sometimes it's it's not the right day for you and I feel like that we saw a little bit of that for Kansas City today I agree with that but the Kansas City is a team that deserved to be in this championship up until tonight this was a team that was 
um, imposing their game on opposition. They were controlling matches. They were scoring goals early, scoring them often, getting incredible opportunities in and behind their opponents. Um, but tonight, we didn't see the Kansas City side that we thought we were going to see. They, they rolled out in a 3-5 with three in the back. And the outside midfielders for Kansas City, between Haley Mace and Kate Delfava, they were dropped into the back line the entirety of this first half of the game. And after the initial goal coming from Sophia Smith in the opening five minutes, Kansas City was almost deflated and unmotivated after that point. And one of the things about being at a, a neutral location, um, when Kansas City goes to Seattle and plays against O.L. Reign, they know that the, every single fan is cheering for the opposition. And there becomes this chip on your shoulder as that team, that away team, to silence the crowd. Tonight, playing in a neutral location where the fans were split 50-50 between Portland and Kansas City, as soon as Sophia Smith got that opening goal, Audi Field erupted, and it's very hard for a, a team like Kansas City to think, hey, let's silence this crowd because it's not an away crowd. It, they know they're at a neutral location, and that is a mental aspect of this game that I think affected Kansas City throughout this match. And a after the first five minutes, they couldn't get the ball back. They couldn't retain possession of it. They were playing defense constantly, chasing. And when Kansas City did win the ball, there was no off-ball movement to support the player running in behind. It it was one Kansas City player against 10 Portland defenders. Let's maybe talk a little bit about that go-ahead goal, the goal that perhaps gave the feeling like, okay, they're going to run away with this. Because for a little while it was 1-0. Going into halftime, if you're Kansas City, you have to anticipate, okay, not our best first half, perhaps a little bit of big stage jitters. Let's get into the locker room, make a few adjustments, and come back out, hit the reset button, and go, go, go. We didn't necessarily see that bit of urgency out of Kansas City going into the second half. And then we see a go-ahead goal that occurs for Portland that was generated by pure chaos, it felt like. An own goal ultimately credited to Kansas City's uh, Addison Merrick. It was tough to tell at some points during the mm -hmm. angles because of the deflections that took place. Uh, but so not only do you have a go-ahead goal here, the manner in which it happens, I would imagine yeah. at that point, if you're already mentally trying to make sure you're checked in the game, that could feel somewhat deflating. So you know I want to ask you, Lisa, in terms of you know being a defender in that moment, is there any type of adjustment that you can make to try to get yourself back in this game? Uh, we have to we oh, have pause. to notice this pause. right now, Sandra, because we are sitting right next to the field where Sophia Smith has just run over behind us, and the Portland fans are chanting MVP because not only is she the league MVP, she is the game MVP. Sophia Smith, uh, what a, a tremendous game from her! One of uh, the players that did influence so much of this. Um, I'm sorry, you asked me about the own goal Look, from Kansas City. I was distracted by the sights and sounds I mean, around us. That was wonderful. <laughs> this is what we're here to take in and, and, and see. Uh, Sophia Smith, it almost felt like she was going to get that go-ahead goal, but it, it looked a little bit different, obviously, in this moment. Uh, it ended up being 
it ended up being an own goal, and I just yes. asked you to put your defender cap on and just sort of say, like, if you're already perhaps trying to ensure that you keep your mental focus in check, how deflating can a moment like that be for a defender? Incredibly deflating. The way that this play developed, the own goal coming from Portland Thorns, it was Yasmin Ryan, a player we touched on about how big of an impact she had and how hard she made it for Thorns head coach Rian Wilkinson to take her off the pitch. She attacked the space in the flank. She drew defenders, got around them, and then set an incredibly dangerous ball into the box. Because of that, A.D. France tries to make an initial save, but Kansas City defenders out of positioning. They're running towards their own goal. It's Addison Merrick who actually ends up kicking the ball over Franch, the Kansas City goalkeeper, and it finds the back of the net. And a moment like that is is truly devastating for a team like Kansas City, who's coming off of an incredible defensive game that they had in the semifinal, and to, to squander away an own goal in that type of manner when there wasn't even that much pressure from Portland attackers coming in as, as the ball was crossed in. You have to give the forced own goal to Addison Merrick, or excuse me, that was the own goal to Addison Merrick, but you have to give the forced own goal to Yasmin Ryan for Portland Thorns, because without oh. that darting run down the flank, without the dangerous cross into the box, um, Kansas City's still only looking at a one-goal deficit at this point in the game, a game at that point in which Kansas City had plenty reason to believe that they could get one back. They had small glimpses and moments of, of bright attack. Nothing that was consistent enough, nothing that strung together enough momentum for this Kansas City Tide side. But when you look back to the, the regular season that this team played, there were those small moments where Kansas City would break through and get a goal. And I, I believe that this team had hope and had faith in themselves until they conceded the own goal. Yeah, that's a tough moment. <laughs> it's really rough. Yeah, I, which is why I wanted to get your uh, perspective on it. And I know when we were watching the game live in real time, we had we were trying to take a look and see if it was something off of the defender, if it was a de deflection off of uh, French, who honestly we should we speak a little bit about uh, in this game, in the in the lead up to this game, uh, Adriana French having an MVP caliber type of year for Kansas City. It's uh, unreal to think that tonight there could have been more for Portland Thorns, but you have somebody like French in net, someone who's not unfamiliar with the Portland Thorns franchise and, and, and their ruthless attack. How did she uh, fare tonight, you think? I think French had an okay game. Neither of the goals were her fault. Oh, no. Um, the, the opening goal that Sophia Smith scores in the opening five minutes, it's a mistake on Elizabeth Ball, center back for the current, who ends up slipping, and it, it's a bad pass back to French, and then Smith is 1v1 with French. And in that matchup, I'm going to give it to Smith every single time. So it's not the opening goal, not a detriment to French. And I don't think we saw her head drop after that opening goal. The second one, also not a mistake by French. She yep. comes out to clear it. Her defender ends up kicking it back at her and goes in. Now, it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if French ends up making one of those saves because that's how impressive she is as a goalkeeper. And that's why she was MVP caliber, goalkeeper of the year caliber, heading into the playoffs this year. However, I don't think tonight she had a lot of help from the defense in front of her. And in order to do it all herself, it was tough for French. Were you looking for a, a tactical adjustment at all for, for Kansas City coming out of, of this game in halftime? Yeah, I mean, the opening 
10-15 minutes of this match, Kansas City was playing with five in the back instead of their traditional three. They were they were playing the defensive side of their formation the entirety of the first 30 minutes. And because of that, I, I was curious if Matt Potter was going to be able to shift into a four back. And that's not something we had seen Matt Potter do a lot this year. So it would be asking a lot of his team to switch into that four back. And, and you and I even talked about live during the game, who could Kansas City bring on at that point? What changes could could they make to kickstart this team? And uh, unfortunately, losing a player like Claire Lavoger in the quarterfinals of this playoffs this year ends up tearing her ACL. She was a missing piece and a missing factor for this KC side. Yeah, there was one point when you or I were taking this game in up in the box, and I said, you know who they're missing, Lisa? Lavoger. So, I mean, you look for that. I think maybe perhaps we could say that something like depth came into play yeah, for these it, two it teams. Uh, you know, I know in our preview we chatted a little bit about that, and I looked at that as maybe one of my X Factors for this game. And we saw Wilkinson able to just sort of make these rotations as she, as she saw fit. And uh, it almost felt like anyone could have came in and continued the momentum for this team because it was all Portland tonight. It was all Portland, controlling every single minute of this game. I, Kansas City looked tired towards the end of it because emotionally, mentally, physically, um, it was a rough game for those players to play in after going down early. And Portland just dominated. They continued to gain confidence throughout this match. We saw Sophia Smith taking on more and more players throughout the game. We saw the rotation coming in, especially from Hina Sugita, who had an incredible shot it late in the first half and when you look at at how this team unfolded and the way that they played throughout the 90 minutes we weren't sure if it was going to end in regulation and Portland was positive when they stepped on the field that it was going to end in 90 minutes. A remarkable night at the NWSL championship final Portland Thorns winning their third championship in club franchise history. Congratulations to Sophia Smith League and NWSL championship finals MVP. That's it from us here at Attacking Third tonight live at Audi Field. Thank you all so much for joining us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.